Well, good morning, friends. Uh, it's a joy to welcome you to First Methodist Mansfield. If you have not met, my name is David. I uh, serve as a senior pastor here. Excited to be with you uh, as we continue our journey uh, towards Christmas. Uh, I started the last few weeks uh, by sharing with you a verbal and visual expression of how much we love Christmas. Uh, I didn't have a plan for this week, and so I just felt like if I went back to you know, normal me, everybody would be like, oh, he's back, boring David. So, and, and since Star Wars came out, I had to get a Star Wars, uh, uh, had to get a Star Wars suit. So I asked him to play the Imperial March, but we missed the cue on that. So uh, if you weren't here the last, uh, last two weeks, this is what I wore last weekend. Uh, I want to share, you, share with you this picture. This was taken after the 11 o'clock service uh, last weekend. This is Elizabeth, and I don't want anyone to feel slighted by this, but of all the babies I baptized, this may have been the cutest baby, I got to tell you. I mean, she's just this big, brown eyes looking at me the whole time and as you can imagine there are few things better as a pastor than having the chance to baptize a, a child but I saw this picture that afternoon and I was just imagining a day many years from now <laughs> when Elizabeth uh, comes across this picture and then turns to her mom and dad and says why did you let him baptize me <laughs> who is this guy what is going on here I uh, hope uh, I hope they will say uh, well, our church just really loves Christmas because that's the idea. We really, really love Christmas and, and we're preparing for a big weekend next weekend. So uh, I want to share with you uh, again, as I did last week, uh, just uh, an overview of the opportunities that we have to be a part uh, of Christmas Eve. Uh, we have 10 Christmas Eve services. I want you to hear these and, and think about two things. Number one, what service fits you and your family and your needs and your schedule? But also think about being aware of all of our opportunities uh, as you prayerfully consider who you might uh, invite to come to Christmas Eve so you can tell them about uh, all the different chances that they have to do that. So uh, if you want to be a part of a family Christmas service, these are those services that are led by our kids worship team. There's a, a chance for kids to participate. Uh, a brief message is a part of that as well. Uh, that'll be at 2 and 4 uh, on both the 23rd and the 24th. So 2 o'clock uh, both days, 4 o'clock both days will be family Christmas services. If you want to come to uh, one of our Cornerstone Contemporary services, very similar to uh, at 9.30 or the Well, the Well Cafe, uh, those will be at 6 p.m. on either day, the 23rd uh, or the 24th. And then at 8 p.m., I was trying to figure out how to describe this, uh, traditions fully leaded or pretty much everybody. The, the whole stage will be filled, uh, choir, orchestra, bells, that's the whole nine yards. That'll be 8 p.m. again on either day. And then on the 24th, we have two additional services. We have a 10 p.m. service, uh, which has traditional hymns, and our, our bell choir will be sharing at that service. And then at 11.30 p.m., we have our final Christmas Eve service, uh, a candlelight communion service. And I want to specifically mention this service uh, to you. Some of you may have, have never come to that. It's a 30-minute service. Uh, we, we receive communion as a part of that, and we end, at, we end at midnight as we welcome Christmas Day. So one of those other services may work for you, but particularly if you have older kids, I think this is a really neat tradition that maybe you might start in your family to come back at 1130, uh, receive communion together uh, as, you, as you welcome Christmas Day. Uh, know that since Christmas Eve is on a Sunday, uh, we'll also have one Sunday morning service uh, here in our sanctuary uh, at 11 a.m. Uh, that will not be a candlelight service, that will be a regular Sunday morning service. But uh, Pastor Jim, when I said that last night, he's preaching that service and he was kind of offended that I called it a regular Sunday morning service. So he wanted me to add, it will be the best service that morning. 
So there you go, best service, 11 a.m. Uh, Sunday morning in the sanctuary. If you have your Bible today, I want to encourage you to open that to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. If you didn't bring your Bible with you, we have these blue Bibles available for you uh, in all of our worship spaces. You can find Luke chapter 1 on page 1589 in that blue Bible uh, that we have for you. Uh, we have been working our way around uh, the nativity set, if you will, looking at the different characters uh, here in this story. And today we're going to to come to the character of Mary, looking at Mary, the mother uh, of Jesus. And so we're going to look at where we meet her uh, in the narrative, uh, beginning in verse 26 of chapter 1. Listen to what Luke writes. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, remember Elizabeth was the wife of Zechariah. Zechariah and Elizabeth were the parents of John the Baptist. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, uh, to a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son. And you are to call him Jesus. He will be great and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. And in response, Mary asks the obvious question. How will this be since I am a virgin? In other words, she'd been to health class. She kind of understood the process and didn't quite understand what the angel was saying. So here's what the angel, uh, here's how he responds. The Holy Spirit will come on you and the, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month, for no word from God will ever fail. And, and before I read you the next verse, you might just notice that the angel didn't fully answer that question, right? It's not fully clear exactly how this is going to occur, but listen to what Mary says in response. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May your words to me be fulfilled. Now last week we talked about the, the problem that this created for Mary and Joseph, these two uh, young kids who were pledged to be married to one another. They were engaged, which meant that they had, uh, their families had entered into a legal agreement uh, for these uh, two young people to be uh, joined together in, in union. Uh, gifts had been exchanged, uh, gifts from Joseph's family and from Joseph himself to Mary's family and, and to Mary as the bride. Everything had been set. The, the agreement was made. They were heading toward their wedding day. And one of uh, very few things that could mess that up was the bride turning up pregnant. And, and so this news that, that Mary receives here, it's more than just a threat to the, the big day that was coming up. It was a threat to Mary's future security. Uh, because if, if Joseph had decided to, to break off the engagement, to, to end it, what, what would have happened is all those gifts that, that, that her family had received would be returned. Uh, Mary uh, would, would receive a stain on her reputation uh, that would prevent any future marriage proposals. 
Uh, Mary would return to her parents' household. She would live out her days as a servant uh, in, in, in her parents' household. Had Mary lived beyond the age of her parents, she would have been all alone without a husband or children to, to provide for her care and, and security. This was more than just a threat to the big day. This was a threat to the rest of her days. And yet Mary says, I'm the Lord's servant. May, it, may your words to me be fulfilled. She, she didn't say, well, wait a second, I, ha I have some plans already. I'm kind of, bit, I, that's not going to work for me. I, that my life's heading in this direction. She said, I, I am the Lord's I am the Lord's servant. If you were here last week, you know that initially Joseph had intended to break off the engagement, to, to divorce Mary quietly is what we find in Matthew. But after having a dream and in that dream, God saying to Joseph, don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Joseph follows the direction that he receives in the dream. He, uh, he, he goes with Mary and it's his faithful response that enables her to avoid those very, that very difficult future that, that she, may have had, she may have had to endure. And so last week we talked about Joseph and this, this incredible sacrificial act. The act of, of believing what Mary had said about this miraculous, unbelievable news that she was going to have a child and the sacrifice to say, I will raise him as my own son. We talked about what Jesus would have learned from his father, Joseph. What this tells us about his character and his life and the way in which he would have uh, invested not only in Mary but also in Jesus as he grew up. The way in which he would have uh, uh, served him uh, when Jesus was an apprentice with him uh, uh, in his work as a carpenter, as a, as a builder. The, the sacrificial love that we see in Joseph here in the beginning of the story is the same type of love that Jesus describes as the love of the heavenly father but also perhaps one that he saw in his earthly father. But today I want to ask you, what about Mary? What might Jesus have learned from his mother Mary? What kind of mom was Mary? And there's only a few stories in the scriptures, uh, in the gospels, about uh, the adult Jesus with his mother Mary. One of them is in John chapter 2. It's an interesting story. Uh, Jesus, uh, his mom, and uh, the disciples are at a wedding in Cana of Galilee, small village not too far from Nazareth, the hometown of Jesus. And in verse 3, here's what John tells us. John tells us that at the celebration, they have run out of wine. And Mary, in response to this, goes to Jesus and says, they have run out of wine. And moms in the room, if you ever find yourself frustrated because you just can't get your child to do what you want them to do, does that happen to anybody? I mean, do you ever have to repeat yourself more than once, maybe twice, maybe 14 times, you know? Uh, you, you, might, you might feel an affection for Mary in this particular episode because when Mary says to Jesus, they have no more wine, this is what Jesus says in response. He says, woman, why do you involve me? And then he says to her, my time has not yet come. 
Am I ready? It's not time. I shouldn't be doing anything like this. Uh, and, and again, this is, this is Mary. She's a mom. And what are moms known for? Moms are known for their persistence, right? They are not going to give up. They're going to keep going. And so, again, you'll appreciate this about Mary, uh, moms in the room. Uh, verse 5, here's what happens next. When Jesus says, why do you involve me? It's not yet my time. Mary, it says in verse 5, goes to the servants. And she says to them, just do whatever he tells you to do. <laughs> in other words, she's not going to argue with Jesus. She just goes to the servants and says, go talk to him. Just go, talk. Just go do what he tells you to do. He will take care of it. <laughs> uh, Mary may have been a mom like this. If, if we have educators in the room, teachers or administrators, you know this kind of mom. They're very sweet. But they just have this sense that their child can do no wrong. Do, do you know what I'm talking about? That they're capable of anything. Have you ever encountered this mom? Some of you are this mom. That's why you're not laughing. And that's okay because they're your kids. You love them, right? Your, your, your child is capable of anything. They can, they can, but they can do absolutely no wrong. But in Mary's case, she was actually onto something. Because <laughs> her son was Jesus. And Mary knew who Jesus was. You may have never thought about it in this way before, but Mary was the very first person to believe in Jesus. And that belief that she had in Jesus was a belief that she had before the day he was born, before she'd ever seen his face or heard his cry, before she held him in her arms when he was nothing more than something that she could imagine in her mind or, or feel moving in her womb, Mary had already placed her faith in Jesus because the angel had told her who this child was and who he would become, what he would do, who he would be. Mary was the very first person to believe in Jesus. Which raises another question, and I will tell you up front, I don't know the answer to this question, and neither do you. Because it's not one that's addressed in the Gospels. It's, it's, it's a mystery, and we can only speculate about this question. But, but I think it's worth considering, when did Jesus know that he was Jesus? When did that happened? Did, is that something that Jesus knew all along? Because according to the Gospels, a fully grown Messiah doesn't just fall out of the sky at the beginning of his public ministry. He comes to us in the form of a baby. Was the knowledge of who he was and what his life was about, was it fully present in that infant boy who could not yet talk or walk or do anything? Or was there a moment when Jesus came to an awareness that there was something different about him? Uh, or maybe, was there a moment in his life where his mom had to sit him down and tell him the story of a night when an angel came and shared with her some miraculous and unbelievable news? Or, or maybe it wasn't just Mary and Jesus. Maybe it was the three of them. Maybe it was something that Mary and Joseph had talked about for years. When are we going to tell him? And when they finally made the decision to do it maybe, it, was, maybe it was Mary who shared about the angel before Joseph then talked about the dream. A dream that sent him in a new direction and 
and really started their family? Is it something that, that Jesus knew all along or, or was it something that was shared by his, by his parents? And, and if that sounds really far-fetched to you, if you can't quite wrap, wrap your head around it, first off, none of us know the answer to the question. But here's what we do know. We do know that for Luke to be able to tell us the story, for us to be able to read the story today, somewhere along the way, Mary shared that story of what happened that night when an angel came and said, Mary, you're going to have a child and you're going to name him Jesus. Here's how you might think about it. Mary was the first of us, but she was not the last of us. And part of the reason why is because Mary had the courage to share her story. Mary had the courage to express her own experience of God. And so when we looked at Joseph, we talked about his life and his heart and his character. And we talked about all of those things being the gift that he would have given to his son, Jesus. We talked about that those are the gifts that we give to the people in in our lives. We give them who we are. We give them our life. We give them our heart. We give them the depth of our love. But with Mary, I want you to think about the gift of your story, your experience of God. Uh, the ways in which you have encountered God over the course of your life. Those, those moments where, where you have either experienced God's comfort or care, but in some way you have encountered the divine in your life. We often discount ourselves thinking, well, I don't know everything. Someone else must know everything. None of us do. You don't know everything, but you do know something. You know your story. You know your own experience of God. And so today I want to ask you, do you have a story? Do you have a story? Do you have something in your life that's worth sharing with the people in your life? Do you have a story of God's action and God's presence in your life? Do you have a story? And so in advance of everything that this week is going to be, I know it's going to be crazy. And you've got more stuff to do than you can possibly do, but it'll be okay. Somehow people will show up and gifts will be shared. It'll work itself out. But today I want you to take a deep breath. And I want you to think about your story. And I mean that literally. I want to invite you right now just to take a deep breath. Breathe in and breathe out. So breathe in. And breathe out. And I want to invite you just to close your eyes for a moment. I promise no one will mess with you. (laughs) But I want to invite you to close your eyes and I want you to think about your story. I want you to think about the ways in which you have experienced God. Ways in which you have encountered God. Can you remember a moment in your life where you experienced God as a loving and compassionate father? Was there a specific time that you felt God's forgiveness and God's mercy? When in your life have you known God's comfort? 
can you remember a circumstance or a season when you encountered God's peace? Is there a time in your life that comes to mind when you especially remember God's action or God's presence in your life? Have you made a commitment to living your life as a follower of Jesus? And if so, when did that become real to you? Who was it that helped you along the way? What did they do? Do you know Christ today as both your Savior and your Lord? Have you fully surrendered to Him? Can you think of something specific in your life that over the course of your journey you have surrendered to Jesus? Have you found freedom in Christ? Have you experienced the power of God's Spirit to live as a new creation? In loving others, have you also seen an increase in your love and devotion for God? Are you a different person than you used to be? And if you were to ask the handful of people who know you best, how would they describe that change? Have you grown in grace? Is your life in any way different because of Jesus? Loving and gracious God, we we know that we, we don't know everything. And so we assume, Lord, that there is an expert who will come in and answer all the questions and help others find the way. Remind us that we all know something. We all know about our own experience of you, the way you have, the way of you have been present and active in our lives. Maybe we've never talked about that before. Maybe the people, Lord, that we love and we want to bless this week, maybe we've, never, maybe we've never told them about that. 
but we know how sacred those moments were. We treasure them immensely. And so, Lord, just as Mary was faithful and Joseph and all those who shared life with Jesus and Jesus himself and those who followed him, Lord, may we be faithful as well to share not just what we know about you, but how we've experienced you. Something has brought us to this place. And Lord, as we think about the gift of Christmas, and we think about the treasure of each of those moments in our life, we ask all these things today in the name of Jesus, our Savior and our Lord. Amen.